Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Hey everybody, welcome to episode, what episode is it? 17. 17 of the Bitcoin Roundtable. I'm Darren, one of your hosts uh, here with Vince. Hi everybody. And we have a special guest on the show today, uh, Alex from England, Cambridge, England. Hi. Hi Alex, welcome. Thanks for having me on guys. Libby tells me basically you've been involved in Bitcoin kind of randomly for quite a few years now. Yeah, so... I basically got involved when I sort of found out about it probably about four or five years ago. Okay. And because I'm quite a sort of techie nerd, so I was just curious about it. It was just this thing that I'd read only a very little amount on the internet and reading about the dark web as well. I don't know if you guys cover that much, but it was just like a curiosity thing that I'd never heard of. This other internet Right. cryptocurrencies and things yeah. like that so i started reading i got interested in it i just thought i'd buy some bitcoin for what at the time was relatively a very small amount of money sorry alex do you recall what that small amount of money was uh yes so i bought 1.5 bitcoin i actually bought one bitcoin and then i bought a 0.5 a bit later so i initially spent i think it was about 40 sterling which i don't know how much that is in canadian dollars uh, it's uh canadian dollars, it's about 70 but, bucks. wow so, <laughs> yeah uh, relative to now it's obviously nothing to the current price but even there um, when i was sort of tracking looking at the history of the price of bitcoin like i thought wow that's that's a lot of money for this thing that is essentially kind of worthless and am I wasting, you know, 50 quid on, or 50 pounds, sorry, am I just throwing it away? But I basically forgot about it for a few years, transferred some back, and then about a year and a half ago, I think it came up in the news again, it's like people buying Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So I I thought that I actually lost my um, wallet, but luckily I found an old USB stick on, (laughs) (laughs) it had all of my passwords and my details on it, and plugged it in, and I was like, okay, see how much I've got, and it was actually, obviously, after four years of inflation, it's uh, rapidly increased its value, so... um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, it's quite interesting. That's very neat. At the time when you bought it, how did you actually buy it? Like, was there an exchange available online? Or? Yeah, yeah, there was, but I honestly cannot remember which exchange it was because it doesn't exist anymore. Sorry, Al, do you remember whether it was difficult or not to buy? Yeah, it was. It, it was, 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 it was really annoying. Because obviously, like, not many people really were buying and selling these things. Right. Uh, there was an amount of people doing it, but there were, it was based on a sort of trust system. So the, the site I used, and I did research quite a few at the time, was, was one of the more reliable ones. But it was basically bank transfer your money to a random person <laughs> and hope that they send you some stuff. <laughs> very, very <laughs> so trust-based. Yeah. It's a little bit more... Um, okay. Uh, 
official and advanced now, but at the time it was only a small amount of money. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to gamble a little bit and see what happens because I'm just curious. Yeah. I set up a lot of stuff on my laptop to actually start Bitcoin mining, um, which at the time, again, I thought, you know what, this is a bit of a waste of time. Like I'm going to be leaving my computer on all the time. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a waste of electricity. Um, but obviously, in hindsight, if I'd left my um, computer mining for the last five years, then I would be pretty loaded right now. But <laughs> yes, yes. I don't mind. Like I've, I've already made back way more than I initially spent on it. Oh, sure you did. So I basically treat it as I'm. I'm just sitting on them, and now if they go up in value, then great. Uh, if they don't, then I've already made like three or four times. If I sold off the rest of what I had, I could make even more. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go too crazy. Really? I'll, I'll sit on it, wait five years or ten years, and just, you know, it could be worth nothing, or it could be worth like a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You're just gonna let it ride and see what happens. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Now I heard that you uh, spent a little bit of your Bitcoin as well when you had it, to, you know, trying to buy a few things. Am I correct on that? Um, yeah. So there are places where you can actually buy stuff in Bitcoin in the UK in okay. shops. It's not common though. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of uh, a few shops. Just you know, one or two examples. Like, could you literally walk out your door and buy, i.e., a shirt, a pair of shoes, a train ticket? What was it that you could buy? So I, again, this is going back like quite a while. There were just some random shops that it might be like a coffee shop or yeah. trinket shop Fair or something enough. that would have like a little sign on the front that would just say we accept Bitcoin. Right. So it's not like it was uh, something it. that they advertised. But I remember walking around it, which sort of clocked me. I was like, oh, no way. That's... Yeah. Like Darren said, it's no different than it's, here. We have the same just thing. just the independent cafes. And decide one, one week they want to accept it and next week they won't. Get in there, but, you know. It's interesting because I, I, I don't know how much, if they got any people using it or not. But, right. um, yeah. Because I've always found the transaction process very slow. So uh, I don't know how that would work in a shop because it usually, you know, when all the verifications and stuff go through, it takes like 20 or 30 minutes or yeah. sometimes even longer. Yeah. And I've had somewhere it would take like 12 hours. Like I remember when I first did it, it would take ages to verify any transaction right so <laughs> that's a lot of coffee <laughs> yeah so i don't know how that would work in a shop but maybe if you are buying it and you know the person and you say oh i've transferred it and you know you go back next day or whatever yeah but yeah i don't really understand how that could work well the lightning network is really what'll do it right yeah still kind of in beta testing phase but once that rolls the confirmation is seconds reading it online so it'll be a game changer but my my sense is that it's going to take probably a year or two before enough of the public realizes it you sure. know, yeah it just takes a while for that information to proliferate i don't know what it's what it's like over across the atlantic but certainly in, in this country cryptocurrencies 
and Bitcoin are becoming more of a part of the sort of public like lexicon, I guess. And even to the point where the last time I was in London, um, I was traveling on the tube and there were little adverts inside the carriages. There's strips of adverts and yeah. there was an advert for buying and selling cryptocurrencies. And it wasn't just Bitcoin, it's just other random stuff. And I thought, oh my God, that's that's crazy. Obviously, I've, it's been in the news, but I didn't think that it would have gotten to the point where people were advertising exchanges and stuff yeah. like that in yeah. a public space, like on a tube system. Sorry, in a subway system. Sorry, yeah, we, we, we knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran into the exact same thing I do do a lot of work down in the uh, greater Toronto area. And I ran into a giant billboard. I believe it was uh, somewhere around Queen Street West in Toronto. And they were advertising cryptocurrency. And it's been yeah. about the only one I've ever seen. That's, so. that's Coinbase, I think. Yeah. Coinbase has got a lot of money to play with. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever been to London or know how busy the, the underground is. But let me there's a hell of a lot of footfall on that. So yeah. if, if they can afford advertising space in the tubes, then there must be enough people doing it to sure. be doing that. So that was the, the first point where I thought, okay, this is beyond like a few news articles that you read online this is actually in the, the public domain now this is right. beyond a few little shops saying that they accept bitcoin this is like wow they exchanges are really targeting people yeah i'm sure they are are you hearing talk about it like are, are your friends or any of these your social circles discussing it at all a little um context i work in a, in a tech industry okay. so i work in the computer games industry so Obviously, there's a lot of very tech-savvy people that work in that who have who, who cryptocurrencies and stuff for, for quite a while. Even though, interestingly, a lot of them have not decided to invest in any because they think that it's just going to burst and be completely worthless. But um, there's been plenty of evenings in the pubs over beers and especially recently when I kind of back on my wallet I was like oh okay nice it's gone up times <laughs> x, x amount of value so it's mm-hmm. like for all of my friends who were like coders and very techie guys who were like oh no it's rubbish it's like well you know if you got in early enough yeah. it's actually it certainly wasn't you know, rubbish for you right I can't complain I haven't I haven't bought any more right. but I guess the reason why I haven't bought any more is because was having bought it for such a low value, I yeah. feel like I can't now spend like a hundred times that on. Oh, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it, I see it on Reddit too. It, There's a lot of people on Reddit that that uh, mention that as well. Yeah, it, it's strange. It's like <laughs> once you've paid a certain amount for something, it's like. Uh, it's very difficult to think oh my god that's now worth so much more and I it's like a diminishing return a few years ago I could get this amount for that amount of money but now I get like a tiny little percentage of that for the same amount so mm, I might as well just sit on it sure (laughs) I do know a couple of friends who have like basically after talking to me I'm going to go and invest and they started researching and bought some Bitcoin and they bought a few other currencies as well. So I haven't like followed up how they've done that because that was literally just um, a few months ago. It's interesting. Like they they really tried to s- spread their betting. I guess uh, to use a sort of more gambling term. I know there's so many currencies out there that it's it's 
Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of people recommend Ethereum. If you're going to buy Bitcoin, then buy some Ethereum as well. When you add it all up between the two, you have a lower risk level. Yeah, and I like, but I'm kind of like you. I bought some Ethereum, not much, probably about a hundred bucks worth or something, right? Back when it was worth just under a hundred. Yeah. You know? And now it's, I think it went from 500 to 900 now in the last yeah. couple months. The Ethereum went crazy. I want to buy some Ethereum, but I don't know. I just feel like it's, but you I don't want, I don't want to throw away before. my money. <laughs> You're in the same boat Alex is just talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to, you know, what if Bitcoin goes to a hundred grand? Yeah. Who wouldn't like to buy in at nine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but to me, the two biggest things to consider are food and housing. It's either gonna go to zero or it's gonna go up a lot. There's no middle ground, at least in the long term. It's gonna okay. be one or the other. Mm-hmm. So it's risky. So you don't want to sell your house and just put it all in yep. Bitcoin. But the other side of it is, uh, I think the official stats, the adoption rate worldwide of Bitcoin is it's under two percent. And a five percent level is where the innovator stage kind of stops, and then you get into the early investor stage. There's a curve, right? And we're yep. we're still well into the early into the innovator stage. Has it gained critical mass yet? I don't know. 17 million. Have been mined now of the 21 possible. So therefore, more people are mining it. Like to me, you know, maybe in the next year, if you see the adoption rate increase rather than decrease, it might be a good signal in the long term going forward. I don't know if it's critical mass yet, but. For for me, anyway, one of the reasons why I decided to sit on mine as opposed to sell it was I wanted to wait and see what happened when all of them were mined and whether that did just completely crash it or it might even go even higher, you know, when a resource becomes limited. But you know that's the year 2040, right? (laughs) 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 But the number of Bitcoins that are mined per day gets cut in half around June 2020. 2020. So that's the next halvening event, they call it. Okay. Interesting. Mid year 2020. My feeling is the the Bitcoin price is almost kind of all noise until you really get into that time span. Um, it can go anywhere it wants. You know, in the mid mid year 2020, the, an accurate price of Bitcoin should properly re- reflect the fact that the inflation rates uh, have been cut in half on it. I mean, all of it could have completely crashed and be yep. worthless. By that <laughs> point. Yes. I mean, the, the interesting thing is like having looked at it looking at the graph of value over four or five years from when I first got some, and I'm sure you guys have analysed all this stuff. Even at, at the point when I first bought it, I, I'd looked at the graph and it had sort of spiked up right. a little bit, you know, a, a few months before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> a few months previously, it was like 10% of the price. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting ripped off because if you don't see the graphs and you don't think about it in that way, but the same thing has happened m- multiple times where I have thought, oh, you know, it's, it's had another peak and it's plateaued or dropped. There's no way it's going to go up again. Right. And the last like year or even more than a year where it's just, it's gone crazy and stratospheric where the initial peak that i saw when i first bought it is just like a you know a, a tiny it's little a <laughs> nothingness at yeah. the end. and i was thinking then that it that was too much but hmm. you know it's all relative isn't it it's just i'd never have thought that it would do what it did uh you know can you imagine you get an adoption rate that doubles over the next year or two right or even quadruples like knowing there's only 21 million bitcoins ever out there the fact that you even own more than one 
There's more millionaires in the world than 21 million. <laughs> oh, I don't have a full one anymore. Oh, no, not a full one? No, unfortunately not. But, uh, <laughs> line, there was a guy in Reddit like he has some menial job and he doesn't make a lot of money but he's been putting 50 bucks of his paycheck in to buy bitcoin you know over the last little while he's like oh he finally celebrated he wound up get, owning a full bitcoin now right over i don't know how long it took him to do it and then there's the the chinese billionaire owns mate m-e-i-t-u or something i heard in the news a couple days ago that he's worth a couple billion and he now says that he has obtained ten thousand bitcoins wow yeah when bitcoin dropped off the peak and went through the low phase i guess he was accumulating but if you have that much capital anyway then he's probably (laughs) has entire supercomputers just mining it all day every day and I guess if, if you have access to that much money I would have been doing it if I had like a render farm or access to one I would have been oh, rinsing yeah. that like years ago but even, oh, yeah. even at the time when I was thinking about doing it it didn't seem like there was enough of a return uh, that's one of my favorite reddit comments was a fellow saying that he quit bitcoin mining because it got to a point where he's only mining 50 bitcoin a day <laughs> And he's on his computer, right? And he's, he's like, oh, you know, it ain't worth it. So he just shut it down, you know. years ago, that 50 Bitcoin a day was probably only worth about $10 or something. Yeah, that's, it's, it's amazing how far it's come, but uh, who knows where it's going to go. I don't know. No, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have already covered this, but like, again, sort of going back to sort of working in tech industry there's quite an interesting parallel that's happened with with bitcoin mining with uh with graphics cards which i don't know if you know much about like the sale of, of graphics cards relative to bitcoin mining oh yeah it's been huge yeah yeah so the the, the gpus on sort of high level good graphics cards are incredibly efficient at Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So people have been buying tons of these things. I actually read that like, a while back, yeah. Well, the price is yeah, huge yeah. and nobody can get them anymore. And, oh, yeah. I know it's crazy. It's interesting because, like, my company has been, like, upscaling their staff recently. So, you know, obviously every member of staff has got to have a new computer. Oh, no. They upgraded, like, the entire art department with new graphics cards recently. And it was, like, at the time where they actually couldn't get any. They couldn't buy any of the sort of top-level graphics cards because everyone was buying them to mine Bitcoin. Yep. Like all over the country, so it's just madness. Like, huh. like the sort of parallels where you think, oh, you know, normally these things come down in value after like a few months. You know, but tech like depreciates so quickly. Hardware, anyway, sorry, and then go like a whole year, and then suddenly their value is you know, the roof, going yeah. up over yeah. time, which has never happened with, never ever happens with computer hardware, yeah. and it's all because of this. Yep. Which is madness. Well, all the gamers on Reddit, they hate Bitcoin. <laughs> they hate cryptocurrency, yeah. period. For that reason alone, right? It, they want to upgrade their computers to run the new games and the graphics cards. Instead of being three, 400, they're, you're into over $1,000 US for 
the yeah. high-end graphics cards. Because right? uh, me, not a graphics or a computer guy, really. So what I'm understanding is that the graphics card actually helps you mine the Bitcoin. If you have graphics cards and such, you can, like Monero is ASIC resistant. So a more optimal way to mine Monero would be with a graphics card. So people are going out buying 36 high-end yeah. graphics cards, hooking them up. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially like the hardware is just incredibly optimized to crunch that kind of data that's yeah. that's all it is okay. it's just a coincidence really it sounds like it's the first time that computer hardware has actually been affected by supply and demand yeah. a new demand was created for graphics cards right. outside of yeah. the ATI well, made huge money <laughs> wow that's interesting I'm sure there'll be plenty of other weird things like that in the future it's a result of that you know, who knows what. How's your weather in England right now? Uh, hot. What is hot? It's like 26 Celsius here. Oh, like okay. That's, yeah, that's warm. It's a lot warmer than it is here. It's nice oh today. God. It was 28 degrees today. Today is nice. Yeah. I don't like winter anymore. Baron still wants to move to the tropics. Absolutely. Well, once you make all those millions selling all your Bitcoin in about five years' time, then. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, who knows? Well, don't forget John McAfee is calling for a million dollar Bitcoin in 2020. Oh, we don't really know. We're hoping. I can't laugh at anything that seems ridiculous about Bitcoin anymore because I really don't know. You're a good example of that, Alex. Remember, you bought a Bitcoin and a half for $70. Yeah. <laughs> I it, bought... it just it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I didn't even buy a third of a Bitcoin and it cost me over $4,000. And that okay. was a pretty good time at the time to buy. You know, it's went down since then. But I, I've just stopped looking at the numbers because I keep wanting to cash out, but I don't want to. So... Yeah. Well, you bought for so low, it's seared literally. You said you're talking about, what, 70 quid, right? It's basically like free money at this point. Perfect. So. Yeah, well, you're playing with house money, right? <laughs> yeah. We needed to get to the point where everyone has a Bitcoin app on their phone, and it's literally just like Instant. buy, sell, and that's it. Yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I assume it's the amount of money that people are putting into it. Well, the promise is there with the Lightning Network. It's just, uh, it's still in testing mode, but when I know it's good to go. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a run and see what happens. Because if you yeah. can walk into a coffee shop and pick up a coffee and pay for it within three seconds, and that's off-chain, right, Lightning Network. So basically a Lightning Network payment, it runs from like two cents to five cents. It's just cheap and fast. That's what the promise is. I want to know if it actually comes to fruition, and if so, um, I might just buy some more Bitcoin. <laughs> a little bit, not much. It's tough. At, at the moment, I'm definitely not going to buy any more. No. But it's one of those things where maybe one of the other currencies will become big. I don't, I, I, I'm sort of thinking about it in the same ways, you know, when the internet started and you had so many different like search engines. And they all do slightly different things, like Yahoo and like Ask Jeeves and all of those ones that are completely redundant that nobody uses anymore. Right. But there'll be a point when one of them breaks through and becomes a sort of de facto Bitcoin. Because I, I can't really how, as a currency, or not one currency, if you've got like a hundred different cryptocurrencies, I don't see how that can be usable in everyday society. You need a, a standard that is... Right. kind of reliable mm -hmm. right so I just feel like yeah there's probably going to be one or two winners like your know, Google
Googles and yeah, Ebays and your Amazons, terrible internet sites, all get wiped out, completely bust and gone and worthless now. But like Ripple, uh, hey, <laughs> not Ripple, <laughs> not Ripple, ah, Ripple and Stellar, they're pretty, uh, they're they're private, right? They're not decentralized, but yeah. they're very fast. Oh, okay. They That's seem to be making some headway in the realm. And the weird thing is, I, I think to date there's over three thousand different cryptos. Most of them are garbage, right? Let's say even probably yeah. a half of them. Are- yeah. I mean, that's not sustainable, really. It has to, like, thin out to be something of actual value or they'll all become useless. I believe, like you said, one of them will rise to the top. But you have to acknowledge, though, that a lot of it comes down to programming talent. And Bitcoin's the superstar, so it attracts all the high-level programmers. Yeah. I mean, the Bitcoin software, to run a note, it's like 70,000 lines of C code. I was reading on Reddit last week. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of new commits on GitHub for the new release of the Bitcoin node, and there's eight new developers now working on it. Hmm. When the Lightning Network is, is an extension, Bitcoin is starting to absorb some of the qualities that the other cryptocurrency coins touted as unique. Yeah. And that's what I find really interesting about Bitcoin is it's really just starting to absorb the best aspects of a lot of these other coins. Mm. Um, so Yeah, I mean that that could be That's what interests you know, me. A deal breaker. Like actually you know, traditional currency is pretty rigid. You literally rigid and you've got a coin. Right. You know, you can't change that into something else that easily. Like right. Uh, with code, you can always change it. You can tweak it and bend uh, it. Uh, smart contracts, apparently, in Bitcoin are coming, like quality that Ethereum touts. But would I read about it enough if there was a Kentucky Derby for virtual coins? You know, I'd have a lot of money on Bitcoin. And, it, you know, there's other yeah. ones I like, right? Like I own EOS, which has a $2 billion market cap valuation right now, which is ridiculous, right? <laughs> but I don't know how to sell it. I got it in a wallet <laughs> and I don't have any uh, Ethereum fuel to actually send it on to exchange to sell oh, it. Oh, no. Like, just stupid stuff, right? Well, leave it. Maybe you'll have an Alex moment. Uh, It'll go I, through the roof. I don't know. I got excited and bought a bunch of coins and half the coins. I don't even, I don't even know how to sell them. Just but you know in other news uh argentina inflation rate this year is uh 40 percent right oh. now they were pegging the argentinian peso against the u.s dollar and then they let it float so 40 percent appreciation in prices on goods in Argentina right now they're expecting that to continue till the year 2020 which a lot of Bitcoin demand is now coming from Argentina and Venezuela I find these articles interesting (laughs) yeah I feel like it's gonna have more use probably in developing countries where the actual currencies are unstable yeah yeah, I uh, agree. I mean, you know, the dollar and the euro and the, and the sterling, they vary, but they don't vary right. a huge amount. No, so no. it's not really an investment to buy a load of sterling. It's not suddenly going to tank, but it's not like if you want to make some money out of buying currency, then you're probably going to go for something a bit more risky. Interesting to see how it. If a lot of countries do adopt it, not as their first currency, but as 
a way of exchange. It's going to help out, especially some of these developing countries are as far as remittances go. You know, your workers who are trying to send money home, currently your your biggest option is Western Union. Yeah. You take 10%. So if you start dealing with remittances, a worker wants to send $100 home, you know, it doesn't cost them $10. Instead, it will cost him cents especially when you start integrating the lightning network into that it's going to really help with the popularity of and the adoption yeah. of, i believe yeah. well also with your comment about countries with unstable currencies uh I think a couple of podcasts ago, I was mentioning that the Coinbase, I think as of a couple months ago, has 3 million users, which is the largest exchange in the U.S. and in Canada, I believe. And there's a company in Africa that's setting up a set of local exchanges throughout that continent. They're expecting 20 million hmm. users by, by the year 2020. Okay. Just just gives an idea of perspective. There's a lot of unbankables in Africa, right? Like well, people that don't have enough money identity to secure a bank account. So Bitcoin is perfect. Three quarters of the world's population is considered unbankable. Yeah. It's insane if all of a sudden they have something like Bitcoin to use. All you'll need is a smartphone. Yep. Right? I mean, you can buy pretty cheap smartphones all over the world now. Yep. So, I think mean, I think probably I don't know the exact statistics, but I like I'd, I'd be interested to see the smartphone ownership uh, uh, correlation with bank account ownership in some of these right. countries that you were talking about, because it might be that you know more people actually own phones than they do have a traditional bank account. Oh, 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 by oh, oh easily. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. There's a guy in a tribe in India right now who has a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, right up in the uh, one of our Canadian papers talking about cell phones and how an awful lot of these very dense populated countries are able to offer such great cell phone use. So you literally have people who are living in the jungle or living in small remote villages outside of large cities who have cell phones. Yeah. They don't have running water. They have cell phones. I'm telling you, like, was it 60 Minutes or 2020 or Vice did a show? Where is it? Ghana? There's an African country they were in. Guy's wandering around. He's talking to the locals. He's like, okay, well, you know, how do you buy food on the street market? And they all have phones. They buy cards at the store. You know, maybe a $10 or $20 uh, coupon or gift card of some sort, right? They encode it in their phones, and when they go shopping on the street, buy a bunch of tomatoes or whatever, it's all through phones. There's no money exchanged. That sounds like Bitcoin. It's not Bitcoin in that case, but it's it's the state telephone company that supports that. I don't think Bitcoin's a far cry from that, but we shall see. Well, Alex, we've been told to uh, let you get out of here. And uh, I guess it's quite late where you are. I'm looking Uh, at my watch. It's coming up to 11 p.m. now. Yeah, it's coming up to 11. We'd like to thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been really interesting. I've enjoyed it. It's good. Thanks for having me. Well, we'll do it again sometime, Alex. Fantastic. Thanks again. Thanks, Alex. Have yourself a great night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.